0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of FitRx. I'm your host, Dr. Greg Dennis. Always try to find guests that I feel like will be informative and entertaining, and I feel like that this next guest is no different. Um, He is David Frost, who uh, is an uh, adjuvant professor and health expert and now author of a book called Kaboomer, which we will be talking about today today. So it's titled Kaboomer, Thriving and Striving into Your 90s. And so he has a lot of experience and expertise in helping people with their health goals, especially more seniors. Uh, And I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit more about what he does. Uh, So, David, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you so very much.
1: Uh, Here we are, what, first day of December where is time gone? But uh, as we get older and we realize that life is full of experiences, we want lots and lots of them. Hence, one of the reasons I thought it was good to put uh, stubby uh, fingers to keyboard and come up with a book called Kaboomer. But thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, expand on that a little bit. So I always like asking my guests just a little bit more about them. And I know it's no small task to write a book. And so just tell us a little bit more about your experience and then maybe your motivation in writing this book. Sure. I'll try to do the Reader's Digest version of a life,
1: you know, <laughs> uh, facing 69 years on this wonderful planet and those laps around the sun. I've done a lot of things, but try to, um, I had to have a start. So I was born in Vermont on a snowy Friday. Uh, in 1953, so I'm smack dab in the middle of the baby boomer generation, which till recently was the largest demographic uh, in the United States. Uh, And I was bred in New Jersey, uh, the coast of New Jersey, just south of where Jack Nicholson and Bruce Springsteen cut their teeth in high school. Uh, I was honored to, in the Vietnam years, matriculate at the u s. Naval Academy. so thank you, taxpayers for funding my education. I hope you feel uh, you get your money's worth. I served in the Navy uh, in the Naval Reserve for twenty two combined years, went into industry uh, for companies small, medium and very large. And uh, about twenty years ago, I decided that perhaps I'd like to do what many people do, and that's try to be your own boss. so I Uh, have formed a limited liability company called well past 40, which hopefully will help people in their middle ages realize that dogs dependent divorces work hassles and uh, putting yourself second don't necessarily have to be. Uh, So that was why I found it well past 40. I blew out my spine and had spinal fusion surgery at the age of 49. So fuse your spine at 49. And that really was the genesis of me getting into the uh, personal training business. And I've always had an inkling, you mentioned that I'm still honored to be an adjunct professor, I grade an awful lot of papers. And some folks said, Yeah, you seem to have, um, you know, kind of know how to spell and you kind of have a grasp of the Queen's English. Have you ever thought about writing and so I started as many people do blogging and writing uh, professional articles. And uh, when, when I found some time, like three years of time, I came up with uh, with some help from a creative uh, outfit. I came up with uh, Kaboomer. So uh, here we are you know, almost in 2022. I'm looking at uh, lap number 69. Uh, living large and uh, hoping that other people can live large. By the way, the subtitle, Thriving and Striving into Your 90s, some people say, Dave, that's aspirational. You're not there yet, Uh, but it's my goal to get there. And it doesn't mean I'm going to make it. But one of my major goals, Greg, in life is to show the Social Security Administration that it's wrong. (laughs) The Social Security Administration actuarial people said, Dave, you're dead at 85. And I said, well, you might be right, but I'm going to bet that I'm not. And in fact, I can share with you some uh, online calculators that I believe are credible, reliable, and very uh, provocative that says, Dave, you might be a centenarian. And I hope to be as long as I'm a centenarian that has vitality, and I'm not a burden to my kids or society. So anyway, I hope that wasn't uh, <laughs> uh, too terribly long, but yeah. uh, uh, I'm here in San Diego now, where every day is a great day to work out and get other people excited about working out. Because after all, as Queen Elizabeth shared, and she is in her 90s, God bless her. Uh, she's blessed with good genes, so that the Queen Mother, her mom, lived well over 100. She's at 95, and she quoted when her husband passed at the age of 99, Prince Philip. Queen Elizabeth gave one of the great short lines in a typical Brit fashion. When you stop, you drop. Hmm.
0: So don't stop. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, this fits in well with my show because, as my listeners know, we talk a lot about longevity. I mean, that's what I try to do at my own clinic is to really promote lifestyles um, that are going to give us, that are going to increase not only our lifespan, but as you mentioned, our, our health span. And so, it's so key. You bet. Health absolutely. Dad. And and so let's talk about how to do that. So let's get into uh-huh. your book. So I guess my first question is, um, what in the heck is a kaboomer? <laughs> well, that's a great question. I, I did. As I mentioned, I did have some help from a creative
1: uh, writer named Tim who said, Dave, you know, you wanted to write a field diary or a field manual, uh, kind of like uh, poor Richard's almanac of of tips, tricks, and hacks about wellness and fitness for health span. But you know, that's not really catchy. President Obama used the word kaboomer in his speech one time. So if you use Dr. Google, you can find that President Obama uh, used the word kaboomer. But um, I liked it. I thought it resonated. And I thought it, it kind of made a difference, Greg, between people in my age group who uh, our eight, who were born between the calendar years, 1946 and 1964. I believe there are almost 70 million of us still alive, used to be the largest demographic generation in our country. Now I believe that the, uh, uh, the millennials have surpassed us in numbers and that's fine. Uh, and by the way, OK Boomer is not, uh, <laughs> well, I don't look down at Gen X or, or Gen Y, the millennials. I think they're our future. So that meme about OK Boomer, I hate it. Uh, and I hope people don't think that just because I'm a Medicare age doesn't mean I look down at younger people. I, uh, they're our future. And oh, by the way, they're also, um, <laughs> I'm entitled now. I get uh, a check every month from Uncle Sam. So thank you, taxpayers. So a uh, Kaboomer, uh, probably to, uh, to after uh, acknowledging um, uh, President Barack Obama's use of the term, um, I, I like to share a knock-knock. Uh, maybe that's my humor, but humor is one of the things to scan, isn't it? For happy hormones and uh, fighting cortisol and that sort of stuff. So anyway, uh, what's the, uh, a knock-knock joke? A boomer and a kaboomer go up to the door, knock-knock. The person answers to the door, who's there? And the boomer and the kaboomer answer, a boomer and a kaboomer. A boomer and a kaboomer who? Well, a boomer who may have to take two prescription pills at a time and a kaboomer who loves to take steps two at a time. Mm -hmm. So isn't that interesting? I'm a big, with this health span that you rightly mentioned, and I'd love to visit your clinic someday. uh, I I believe in our healthcare system for responding, but I don't believe in our healthcare system for preventing yet. Now that may be impartial, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a doctor of medicine, uh, but I do believe that when doctors see a patient every 15 minutes and the patient says, I'm in pain, what well, the easy thing to do is prescribe something that might even be an opioid. And I believe if we didn't have this terrible pandemic that continues to be with us, that that other pandemic, the opioid crisis would be even more noticeable. Uh, the, the gentleman that I dedicated the book to, my crew coach, became an opioid addict because he was in such pain for spinal stenosis that I see how it can happen. But I, and there are times when people do have to take prescription drugs, but I hope that we can take a deep breath, look at natural, holistic, traditional medicine solutions like motion uh, before we respond by picking up something at the drugstore. So I think exercise over polypharmacy works most Times. Uh, in my own case, I'm blessed. I take no prescription drugs. I had some pretty, I never waste a crisis during COVID. I decided I finally get a deviated septum and some sinus disease fixed. And I was blessed I didn't, uh, I was able to get through with breathing and uh, some techniques that I didn't have to take pharmaceuticals to ease the pain, which was, yeah, it was there. Uh, so everyone's different. Everyone has different pain tolerances. Remember this saying, as I'm sure you tell the folks in your line of work, there is no pain without a brain. Uh, but uh, laughter, breathing, motion, uh, distractions are always to offset something that really is not from the side of the injury. It's it's between the ears, my, my opinion. So um, that's a kaboomer. It looks to take step. He or she uh, looks to take steps two at a time and maybe be a very skeptical recipient of more pharmaceuticals
0: than are necessary to keep you going. Good. Yeah. And I, I love that. And I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, I can tell you that I uh, my listeners know this, that, um, you know, I've pretty much lost all faith in our <laughs> traditional medical system and I don't foresee that uh, changing. Because with what you are saying, and I'm sure going to say, moving more and, and whatnot, there's no money in that, uh, and and so, uh, you know, a lot as I've learned over the years, uh, you know, a lot of our quote standard of care comes from big pharma, and they're intertwined, unfortunately, in our governing agencies, American Medical Association, American Heart Association, uh, and so it's it's all about it's all about the money. Uh, And and so I I don't think that that's, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon.
1: You know, uh, and hey, uh, hats off to Big Pharma, if we call Big Pharma the folks that came up with a uh, series of vaccines that can offset uh, a bat-based virus like they did, it was extraordinary. Uh, We're very good at responding. Uh, to crises we're not very good at preventing crises right and (laughs) so uh i believe in certain aspects of big pharma because we're all capitalists or most of us in america are capitalists and uh hey uh it's probably better to make money than lose money and big pharma has figured out how to do it i'm a a veteran of moderna i had both shots and the booster moderna i do Mm -hmm. believe i'm better for having Accepted the vaccines doesn't mean I'm not going to get COVID. We know that Uh, doesn't mean I'm not going to die from COVID. But as a betting man, I like my chances a lot better with technology working on my side. So that part of big pharma I like. But uh, we know how many lawsuits are going around for the opioid crisis right now. That part I do not like. And I just I just hope and pray that people my age, older my age, and even folks Gen X. Uh, will be skeptical about
0: prescriptions before taking them. Yeah. that's that's my hope. No doubt. Well, let's get into these steps maybe uh, about how um, you know we can increase our our longevity, uh, especially in our elderly years. And so the first one you mention is stamina, and you say that uh, that's really the key to staying alive. And so talk about that.
1: Yeah, uh, thank you. Um, I have a physical bank model. Most folks my age and probably your age think of uh, having a nest egg to last, maybe even to outlive us so that we can give something to our successors. So instead of a fiscal FISCAL bank, I have a physical bank model and with seven elements, six positive, one negative, and I bet you can guess what the negative is, cortisol and stress, chronic stress. Uh, But the substrate of that bank, a very firm foundation, I believe is stamina for staying alive, as you mentioned. In fact, that same gentleman that encouraged me to use the title Kaboomer came up with the term stamina 90. It's a compound word, it's a little bit cutesy, but the idea of stamina 90 is that when you exercise your cardiovascular, cardiorespiratory system, you have a much better chance of making it to 90. Uh, we know that. and um it, it doesn't mean you have to run marathons or ultra marathons or those sorts of things it means that you have to move to sweat most days of the week and hopefully doing something you enjoy uh, but uh stamina uh if we don't keep it uh well what's the number of cause of death in america Cardiorespiratory problems most of them are not genetic most of them are required diet lifestyle Uh, certainly hereditary is a factor, but that far exceeds COVID, that far exceeds cancer as the cause of morbidity in America, that's documented. So let's deal with that by increasing our stamina by moving regularly five to six days a week. And oh, by the way, I advocate more than what our government does. Our government says two and a half hours a week of gentle to moderate motion to sweat. I bump it up and I say, half an hour, six days a week, take a day off to celebrate and miss it. But I say at least 180 minutes of of light to moderate exercise. What is that measured by? Heart rate, heart rate. So if you can be conversational yet move, it could be gardening, could be raking the leaves. And and soon here for many people in America, it's gonna be shoveling snow, which is very heavy exercise occasionally. Um, Those are great things to build uh your your capacity to keep moving longer uh when we if we talk about a couple s words one is senescence greg which is your body actually doesn't regenerate itself all the time it's a powerful thing Uh, most of our body regenerates itself in months or years some say the corneas don't, and some say a few other body parts don't regenerate. What you're born with, you die with. But generally, like our blood recycles every three months. okay? But it doesn't totally recycle. And some clutter, some sludge hangs around, and those are senescent or zombie cells. And one way to try to flush those out is fasting, which we can get to, intermittent fasting. Uh, but the other way is motion that encourages autophagy and trying to get rid of naturally get rid of uh, zombie cells or senescent cells. By the way, senescence comes from the same word as senile and senate. So I I find that interesting that (laughs) senile, uh, senate and senescent are all from the same Latin roots. So stamina helps you offset senescence, meaning cells that slow down, but don't fully die and get flushed out of your system. So it is, if it take, by the way, of all the elements of longevity, stamina is the one you have to work at because it takes the longest to improve. It can take months, seasons, or maybe even a year to notably improve one's stamina. But the way to get going is to get going. <laughs> uh, right. Go for a walk. Uh, and uh, here we are coming up. Uh, you know what, I know it. This is the time when people are starting to think about those wonderful yet dreaded New Year's resolutions. Mm -hmm. And what are statistics? 80% are done by Valentine's Day. Why? Wrong goals, too optimistic, don't have workout buddies, thousand reasons. But resolutions are not good if they're not habit forming. So, what are ways to become habit forming? Park the car further away when you're doing your Christmas shopping, take the stairs instead of the elevator. Those are simple yet hard things to get the heart rate up in the right zone to build capacity over time. So six days a week, 30 minutes general to moderate heart rate, conversational heart rate uh, for staying alive. Stamina, the bedrock, the found, the this foundation of your physical bank for your golden years.
0: Yeah. What would be your recommendation for somebody first starting out? Um, and I'll use my dad as, as an example who's 81 years old not in the best of shape, but doesn't really want to get started because he knows it's not going to feel good. Um, he uh, knows it would be good for him, but it's that starting point that, it, it, you know, is it's just getting started because, you know, he knows it's not going to feel good. What, what is your recommendation for somebody like
1: that? And you know, and, fa- and thanks to him, because he's not a boomer, right? He's just a, he's a young greatest generation type, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he just misses being a boomer. So he's a little older than, us, Mm -hmm. a me. Uh, So God bless him. He's the greatest generation and he's seen a lot in his life. And, you know, his generation created us. So God bless him. Uh, Two answers. Number one, I put a lot of faith in what a great American, a great actor and a guy with a hell of a work ethic, Tom Hanks says. This gentleman was one of the early COVID. um, He he was in Australia. His wife and he contracted COVID, survived even though he's diabetic. He's got a work, work ethic that just doesn't quit. He's in more movies than I, I believe any mortal should be. <laughs> uh, but he says, do the work. If you realize the end game, and for your dad, uh, I would share that it's it's science-backed and sweat-based that even starting at the age of 81, he can build functional strength, he can build capacity, and he can still add Uh, sunrises and sunsets to his life, and maybe a couple more laps around the planet. You can build strength, which we haven't got to yet. uh, But if you don't start building stamina now, it gets harder as you get older, but you still can. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, number one, Tom Hanks says, do the work. But number two, let's not make it work. Let's not make it drudgery. Let's make it fun. Um, One of the great things for extending life is not just moving, but it's being social about it. Uh, one of the reasons I love crew is the, the camaraderie of a, a boathouse that that uh, that's you know um, if you all kind of suffer together it doesn't seem like suffering uh, so uh, is there a perchance your dad has a workout buddy or he has you as a role model uh, or if they're grandkids or nieces and nephews that uh, want him to play with them that he can get off the ground without using his hands and he can, he can uh, roughhouse with him a little bit because he's young at heart and wants to. So one answer is Tom Hanks, do the work. The second answer, because there are powerful returns on the investment of that work. Second answer is let, let's not try to make it drudgery, let's try to make it fun. Let's enhance activities of daily life and let's be social about it. So um, kind of a, a Janice answer is coming up to January pretty soon. Uh, one side is accept the work as it's worthy and the other is um, don't make it seem like work, make it fun. Okay.
0: okay, very good. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so to your point of what we're talking about, I just saw an article on the, uh, it was on the front page of a medical journal that we don't even subscribe to. They just come to our house. My wife and I are both doctors, so they just come to our house. and. Uh, Usually, I don't pay much attention to them because, like I said, I've kind of lost faith in the whole standard of care thing. (laughs) Uh, But this one caught my eye because it said, and I'm probably going to misquote it, but it basically said that studies show uh, taking 7,000 steps a day can decrease mortality by 70%. So there you go. Uh, uh,
1: And I don't know um, that study, but I have seen... Many studies that suggest that motion is lotion. And if you believe Queen Elizabeth, um, you know, I'm of the English, I'm a Northern European lineage. Uh, the Queen Mother says, you stop, you drop. I believe yeah. that. So it's better to walk than a ride. It's better uh, to uh, take a little longer. And if you can, ride a bicycle or a scooter or uh, whatever. Uh, some say 20 minutes. If you can do something in 20 minutes, walk to the store. Don't drive to the store. But um, whether it's 10, by the way, 10,000. Some here the number 10,000 steps, and you know the fitness watch gives you a, mm-hmm. a reward for 10,000 steps. Nothing magical. That was marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 7,000 steps. 70% is fa- uh, factual, credible for that study uh but i've even seen studies which i also be, believe to be credible as few as 3000 steps can increase longevity and yeah. hopefully help you sleep better eat better uh laugh more so your overall quality of life improves uh, when i started getting really serious about fitness in the navy uh the navy told me to get fit and stay fit um People said, why are you working so hard? Why are you a marathoner? why are you you want to aspire to run the Boston Marathon? I said, because it's there (laughs) and you feel good. You get a runner's high. My body can generate morphine like endorphins by moving to sweat for long periods of time. I like that. And I like sleeping better. I like eating better. Uh, It's good stuff. Yeah, Dave, but you may only add two years to your life. And I said, okay, I don't believe that, but if that's true, Those two years are gonna be quality years. Now, what we think it's much closer to 10 years for reasons that include the brain, not just your muscle and cardiorespiratory improvement, but the Salk Institute here in San Diego, Rusty Gage and his teams have shown that aerobic exercise, at least in mice, (laughs) which we share a lot of the genetic makeup of, by the way, um, their exercise helps them offset dementia-related diseases, Alzheimer's, and other terrible uh facts of aging so uh it's it's like closer to 10 years if you if people get serious about it at your age and get serious about the right blend of motion strength stability stamina stretching not stressing diet great sleep your chances of living an extra decade are pretty darn good and uh, being not a big better i'm not a you know a one that goes to the pokies and bets, but I like those odds. Whether it's two years or 10 years, if those are quality years, I'm gunning for them. And I want to prove the Social Security Administration wrong. So <laughs> circle back in 16 years and see if I'm still, um, still mattering
0: about driving right. and striving. <laughs> we'll do it. Well, Well, let's talk about strength. So you have a chapter on why strength matters. And so as we age, uh, we we lose muscle mass something called sarcopenia uh, I just heard a lecture from dr. Life um, for the, those of you who don't know dr. Life I don't know if you're familiar with him but uh, he's written some books and uh, so he was at a medical conference I was at just a few weeks ago in Dallas and his lecture was on sarcopenia and he's in his 80s and still working out still you know lifting heavy and uh, you know he had said well, You know, the the scientific community will say that sarcopenia is inevitable and, you know, he's trying to prove them wrong (laughs) by continuing to lift heavy uh, into his 80s. So I thought that was cool. But tell us why strength matters.
1: Yeah. And and you mentioned the another S word. I hate the word senescence and I want to I want to avoid it like the plague by using stamina techniques to do it. Sarcopenia, literally the loss of flesh, sarco, loss, penia, flesh means the loss of skeletal muscle. And if we don't push, pull, lift, carry heavy things, appropriately heavy things, our bodies as part of the natural aging process will lose muscle mass. And that's not good. And you see pictures. I have a profile, I believe in the book, but I, I share it on my blogs. Of You have a, an infant, then you have a young teen standing straight when mom and dad tell them to stand up straight, nice and tall. And then as the middle ages come, they start to get... Bent over. Part of that is lack of discipline. Part of it is being knowledge workers looking at screens instead of uh, lifting hail, uh, bays of hay. Try that again. <laughs> Bales of hay. <laughs> that was good, Dave. Hails of hay. <laughs> Bales of hay. Uh, physical work. Um, but uh, you, you know what I mean, as many folks as they get older, don't have the skeletal muscles to hold their skeleton upright. I mean, skeletal muscles, that's one of the jobs is to hold the body upright to move the joints. Uh, but it's also to support room for your organs. And if organs are crunched, your diaphragm isn't breathing, lots of bad things happen. So you know the profile I'm talking about nice and erect in your teens and 20s. And then things start to tip over if you don't fight it. So mm-hmm. fighting sarcopenia with push, pull, lift, carry, stuff is really important. Um, Oh, by the way, strength, uh, there's a joke in the book, Judith Viorst, who's in her 90s, is a comedian who writes about um, uh, the greatest generation. She defines strength as breaking your chocolate bar into four pieces and eating only one. So uh, that's not the kind of strength we're talking about. There's dynamic strength. Some folks remember the uh, wonderful lady Ruth, the notorious Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think she probably worked out the day she died after three bouts of cancer. I think strength training helped her stay alive. And I think she's said that. Her trainer certainly says that uh, Supreme Court Justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg used dynamic strength work. There are pictures of her pumping bicep curls, wall sits, all kinds of neat things. Dynamic, there's endured strength. One of the strongman moves of the old days was to hold a broomstick out straight for as long as you can. I encourage folks to try that sometime. After a while, it's not very easy, you know. (laughs) So uh, that's endured strength. Explosive strength is like an Olympic weight lift. Now, I'm not encouraging all of your listeners to try to aspire to lift three times your body weight overhead. uh, But uh, the idea of using your fast twitch muscles and your skeleton to power Uh, heavy things explosively. Uh, The football player JJ Watt in his prime could box jump 57 inches. This lad, this hockey player from Wisconsin that also became an all-world football player, could box jump 57 inches as a 280-pounder. That's explosive strength. Plyo, you think CrossFit, that same same vein. I'm not saying go out and do CrossFit. My son does CrossFit, he worked for Reebok. I don't do CrossFit because I'm concerned about injury. And I wrote, I'm more interested in endured strength and power than I am about explosive strength. The last one is peak power. And that's lifting the heaviest thing you can one time. Um, the king and queen of weightlifting is the deadweight lift or what we now call the deadlift. The record is over half a ton, it's 1106 pounds. It's done by the guy that was on the Game of Thrones The Scandinavian who's 400 pounds and admits that he's not natural. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a freak, he eats 9,000 calories a day or something ridiculous. But he picked up a half a ton in one lift. That's peak power. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in peak power. I'm interested in uh, uh, endured and dynamic power primarily in my stage of life. So why is it important? I, I kidded about Judith yours. But how many folks that we know, perhaps your dad, hopefully not, has trouble getting a jar open? Grip strength is a mark of longevity. Mm-hmm. And there is a what I believe to be a very, very valid statistic. Those that had strong grip strength did not die as much as weaker people from COVID. Isn't that interesting that the ability to uh, open an, a jar of peanut butter correlates to fighting off a virus. I believe it to be a valid study and and I can find the reference if uh, uh, there's a skeptic and and people should be skeptical. I try to not share things that I um, don't believe are science-backed and sweat-based. But one of the marks of strength is grip strength. Another one as I shared is getting up from the ground without using your hands. Uh, Another one is how many press-ups you can do or push-ups. These are Mayo Clinic um, benchmarks for Gender and decades of age—you know, 50 to 60, 60 to 70, 70 to 80. Um, so, uh, it as you mentioned earlier, and you probably saw me nodding my head. It's health span, not lifespan. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they're both going to be longer and better. Uh, but quality years are more interesting to me than you know being a gub gub uh, old person who can't get up from the sofa, and you know have to be helped and use a walker and that
0: kind of stuff. So I'm going to ask a similar question as I did earlier as it relates to strength. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How does maybe an elderly get started with that if they haven't been doing anything? So it's easier to to tell somebody, Hey, just get up and move, try to get 3000 steps a day, 5,000 steps a day to where they're just walking. They can walk with a partner, but when you start, telling them, hey, you need to increase strength and start doing some push-ups and lift things over your head and, you know, go to the gym, that's a harder sell. And yeah. so where does somebody start who maybe hasn't been doing any of that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, back to the medical profession that we kind of uh, chatted about a little bit and, and you mentioned that uh, you're better half than you were of that uh, field. Um, another mark of strength and longevity is how many times an adult can get up from a chair in one minute. By powering up with the quads and the glutes, not by leaning forward and rocking as many older people do. That's a valid uh, test that many uh, doctors use as a primary test of general livelihood of an adult. How many times can you get up and down uh, from a chair, just you know, sit on the forward edge of a chair, rise up, get down, rise up, get down in a minute and how do you do against other women and other women of your age or other guys of your age, that determines in a very big way, whether the doctor's concerned about your cardio health and strength or whether you're, um, you know, whether you're decent, good or great. And I'm hoping that many people aspire to realizing that there's an athlete in every one of us. Uh, Bill Bowerman, the inventor of the Nike running shoe, which we now know, you know became bigger than life with Nike. Um, He said, effectively, if you can get up from a chair and breathe, you're an athlete. So back to your dad and to other people, where to get started. Look at the mirror every day and say, I am an athlete. And what do athletes do? They challenge their bodies. The whole point of strength training is to overload and regain and realize mind and matter how much stuff you can push, pull, lift and carry. Um, If folks are now that we're traveling and hopefully this won't be shut down with this Omicron nuisance. um, Do you help someone else lift a heavy suitcase? Everyone overpacks their suitcases now, right? Because they don't want to check baggage. But can you not only lift your suitcase up, but can you help uh, someone else lift their suitcase without hurting your back? Those are functional things that measure one's quality of life. Uh, Am I self-sufficient or do I need help? Uh, can I get out of the car? Uh, can I open that peanut butter jar? Uh, can I play with the grandkids? Can I get up from the chair without leaning forward and you, uh, and that sort of thing. So much as with stamina, the point is to realize that you're an athlete and then start to act like an athlete, do stuff, not concede. You know, there's a quote in the, you know, there are a fair number of quotes in the book, but I, I choose platitudes wisely. Hopefully I think I do, but Henry Ford said, um, whether you think you can or cannot, you're right. And I would like the athletes to acknowledge, yeah, let me give that a try. I think I can. Well, if you you missed the mark, at least you tried. Um, But to me, that's really, really important to not concede what people tell you because Madison Avenue and Big Pharma wants you to take a pill to feel better. I say move. Uh, I think most people realize when you move, you do feel better, you sleep better, you eat better, you don't stress. You get some sunlight, and and that helps with immunity fighting, too. So strength is push, pull, carry, lift, stuff that's heavy enough for you to offset loss of skeletal muscle. By the way, people in our 80s can build strength. There are small studies, but credible scientific back studies that people can build arm and leg strength even into their 80s. Dr. Levitin in Successful Aging, uh, it's a pretty well-known book, Dr. L-E-V-I-T-A and Daniel, I think it's Daniel Levitin, gives me an equation. I'll paraphrase, physical motion equals mental health. And What better part of successful aging than your brain? What enables that? There are many things. One is motion and there's no better thing of motion than moving heavy stuff. If you go for a walk, hey Dave, you said stamina, yes. But can you carry something in your hands to add a little resistance training as you do your gait? Uh, Many things people can do. And I would challenge anybody to stump you or me that we can't find some little bit of strength work to help somebody offset
0: sarcopenia like you said. Yeah, okay, I like it. You talk about accident insurance. What is accident insurance?
1: You know, maybe that was cutesy, but accident insurance, it's a, it is a well-publicized statistic uh, by our governmental sources and not just orthopedic surgeons, that one out of every three people my age falls every year. Every 11 minutes, somebody goes to the emergency room with a fracture from a fall or a mishap. So accident insurance is building And this is interrelated and in the Navy and in industry, I was taught how to look at things systematically. So it's not just stability that we're talking about now, Greg, it's not just stamina that we started with, it's not just strength, which is the cornerstone of your physical bank. Um, uh, Stability is definitely your accident insurance. Doesn't mean you won't fall, but it's so interesting that we adults, people my age, Medicare age, trip, Stub our toes about the same rate as kids do. But who face plants more? People my age. Why? We lose our spatial awareness, our neuromuscular, uh, fancy word is proprioception, our spatial awareness, so that we don't respond, sense and respond. So the accident insurance is retraining ourselves to be kid like. So, yeah, we face things, we stub our toe, we uh, don't pay attention and uh, get off balance, but the accident insurance is you recover your neuromuscular system recovers, uh, whether your eyes are closed or not, by the way, another mark of longevity is standing on one leg with your eyes closed, try it. Uh, you're younger than I am so you're probably your marker longevity is probably close to 30 seconds for me I think it's 22 seconds eyes closed. Have somebody time unless you count to yourself thousand one, thousand two. Stand on one leg, screw in your foot so you're nice and stable, deep cleansing breath, tighten the core, and see with your eyes closed if you can stand on one leg. Kids do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Kids will stand on one leg, rub their belly, pat their head, you know. Um, great athletes brush their teeth with the other hand. Uh, they encourage people to put on their leggings or their underpinnings, not always using, you know, I'm I'm a lefty, so natural probably for me is to raise my left leg to put on my pants. Um, Try it the other way. Do things unnaturally so that you can be kid-like for your accident insurance to avoid falls. And as I said, systematically, if you did happen to have a fall, you've got more muscle to cushion your body and your joints so you don't break them. You can bruise your muscles, but that's better than a broken elbow, wrist, knee, or hip. Bad things happen Uh, And, you know, orthopedics is a big business. It makes a lot of money and some surgeries are necessary, but I'd rather avoid surgery by not falling. I'm honored to work with a lot of folks my age who uh, are uh, unfortunate sufferers of of palsies, of Parkinson's, uh, of uh, muscular dystrophy uh, and and other conditions where the gait is a real issue. Um, They're very simple yet hard gait tests. One is a sobriety test. (laughs) <laughs> There's a reason why the cops, I uh, hope you don't get pulled over, but if they do, they're going to ask you to put one foot in front of the other, arms, you know, hug yourself, eyes closed and walk in a straight line. That's very unnatural. And if you stagger, um, you're probably going to get sent off for um, and have to pay a healthy fine. So part of it, uh, analyzing gates for me as a personal trainer is to do that sobriety test. Um, for, for accident insurance. And in this case, not sobriety insurance, accident insurance. We don't want you to fall, but back to strength, if you have more muscle, you'll, be, you'll better counter a fall if it happens. But it is, it is such a tremendous um, uh, burden on our healthcare system when people are breaking joints, uh, fracturing joints uh, that perhaps could be avoided if they practiced uh, balancing their stability work
0: and had more muscle to cushion them if they did fall. Talk about you say the simple secret to lessen pain and enhance gain. Uh, what, is the, what is that secret? Simple yet hard. Thanks, Greg. Uh, stretching.
1: There mm-hmm. and there's two types of stretching. I'll just make it simple with two types of stretching. Before you walk, do uh, exercise the dynamically exercise the muscles that you're going to use when you stride in your walk. If you're a bicyclist, same saying. Uh, dynamic stretching is to activate the muscles. It's to warm up your joints to prevent injury and get you ready for that activity. One of the best uh, I, I is that I mentioned. Uh, one of the things I love to do is activate the big muscles, which are the leg muscles and the glutes uh, and maybe do a pigeon pose to open up my hips, but I'll sit on, on an indoor rower before I go out and row on the water to dynamically warm up my body to activate the neuromuscular system and to prevent injury. That's before, your uh, exercise, whether it's weight training or walking. Um, Then after exercise is the time that you statically stretch for a period of say 20 to 30 seconds. There's some discussion that longer stretches really don't add too much more, but that is when you're, believe it or not, again, there's no pain without brain, a lot of stretching, whatever it is, a static stretch, whether it's touching your toes, uh, a good morning, uh, pose and hold, uh, to worship the sun, holding for 20 seconds with mindful breathing, that is to condition your mind to deal with discomfort. And that is simple yet hard way to lessen pain. When you're sore, you stretch almost always, unless you have a severe trigger point, you almost always feel looser and better. So it's, it's a you know, it's a, it's a title, but it truly is. Stretching is done by world-class athletes and Joe Sixpack, to feel better when you're sore. And we want you to get sore, by the way. Uh, Strength training to avert sarcopenia means you have to tear your muscles a little bit. uh, And they get sore. Your body senses and responds, restores, recovers, and rebuilds a little bit thicker, a little bit longer. But stretching is that chapter. And it, it does tie in with stability. It does tie in with strength. It does tie in with stamina. But I would encourage folks to remember that there are really two types of stretching. Uh, And three body planes, but the two types of stretching is do something dynamic, not bouncing, but increasing the range of motion gradually to activate your neuromuscular system and hopefully to warm up your body and avoid injury. After in your cool down um, is a great time to uh, do static stretching, hold a pose, a hurdler stretch or uh, the world's greatest stretch or something like that. And some people say, Dave, how about uh, what they call self-myofascial release using a roller. Um, Occasionally you'll get trigger points and bumps in your muscles because of uh, overuse. Uh, So stretching can help some, Uh, massage can help certainly if people can afford an occasional massage, but a a good foam roller can also help in cool down um, with this thing called SMR, self-myofascial release. So long-winded answer, uh, reduce pain, um, and increase gain stretching is huge. Uh, if you see that, um, if you ever go to a ball baseball game, America's pastime, maybe not in Oklahoma, but, (laughs) uh, but America's pastime, you see those athletes stretching dynamically a lot, the hamstrings, the things that make them run and, and reach and catch and bat. So stretching is, uh, the simple yet hard way, uh, to improve your gains and, and lessen pain. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, I'm going to kind of combine these next two, but sure. you've, you've mentioned cortisol a couple of times, and that shouldn't be uh, that term, your word shouldn't be foreign to my listeners, but, um, and, and, you know, of course, cortisol is our stress hormone, uh, and then I'm going to kind of combine that with sleep, and so talk about, uh, you know, because you have some chapters, you call it stress. Steals Years and Cheers, and then you have another chapter on sleep. But talk about the importance of minimizing uh, stress, and then also, uh, obviously, everyone knows sleep is important, but maybe give us some tips on how we can get better sleep. Well, yeah. Uh, By the way, that's one thing where our wonderful government has, I think, invested
1: wisely. There's a site, a government-associated site called sleep.org, where simple yet hard things for getting to sleep easier, having more deep sleep, having the dreamlike time when your brain recovers, that amazing chemical computer between our ears, and then having the Delta wave portion to help you wake up the next day, ready to go for the next workout. So by the way, cortisol is one thing that impacts sleep, isn't it? If you're stressed about life, uh, the dog, the dependence, uh, the kid moving back home, um, you know the financial markets. If you're stressed about those things, your mind is going a mile a minute, and you're not ready for deep sleep. So you don't restore, rebuild, recover, and generate the happy hormones. Uh, I I read the four. I mean, there's many. I don't know how many tens of very favorable hormones that our bodies naturally generate. Um, but the title of the sleep chapter, and we'll get back to cortisol and stress. But the title of the sleep chapter was intentionally mimic Morpheus. Morpheus is that little Greek nymph that used to sneak into bedrooms and have fun. Well, bedroom, you should have fun. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't be a stressful place. It should be a happy and restorative place. Uh, but believe it or not, Morpheus and morphine come from the same word root. So the idea of morphine as a, uh, and in this case, that's obviously not a natural one, but the runner's high can generate a morphine like endorphin. That's one of the four Uh, happy hormones I'd like to talk about. Dopamine, D, O, oxytocin, the hugging or love hormone, E, endorphin, the runner's high or endurance one, and then serotonin, which is mostly um, if you're relaxed, your gut produces, and it's enhanced by restorative sleep. D-O-E-S, uh so does does is how i remember the very positive things that we need our body to generate those hormones those happy hormones when cortisol raises these other ones drop so what we'd like unless you're being chased by uh, a wild um, mustang uh, out on the range or I'm the, I go in the ocean, believe it or not, the water here was 62 degrees yesterday, we're on seasonably warm, but let's say I go in the ocean and a great shark is headed my way, I want cortisol and adrenaline episodically, but I don't want chronic cortisol, because that causes many bad things, inflammation, uh, loss of sleep, uh, and it causes the dropping of these happy hormones, our ability to produce the happy hormones. So yes, I believe that avoiding chronic cortisol levels from our endocrine system and bumping up the production of the four happy hormones, DOES, dopamine, oxytocin, uh, endorphins, and serotonin, some are activity-based, endorphins, you have to move to generate endorphins, uh, That r- the runner's high. Uh, you need good sleep for serotonin um, and uh, dopamine is in the brain and you need diet and you need sleep for the brain To use dopamine, which is one of the things that doctors try to use to deal with, I believe, Parkinson's. So, those four happy hormones, D O E S, are uh, the things you want on the seesaw of life. You want happy hormones to be pushing down the other side of the seesaw, which is chronic cortisol levels. We need them for, uh, we need adrenaline and cortisol for tough times, fight or flight. But we want your listeners and we want you and we want me to spend more time feeding and frolicking with the happy hormones than fight or flight with cortisol and adrenaline
0: chronically. For for sure. Uh, And related to sleep, uh, obviously sleep is important. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, get in a, a sleep routine, you know, get off the computers to minimize blue light, sleep in a cold, dark room, uh, get sunlight during the day. I mean, these are all just some, some sleep tips. What do you have any other tips in the book that you recommend to get better sleep?
1: Yes. Uh, and by the way, uh, you, I think you've your listeners and, and you have sense that I'd like to be a naturalist yet. If you cannot get restored to sleep with all these suggestions, uh, either getting enough sunlight. So your body produces melatonin on its own. Um, One of the few times they've taken a prescription drug, I was not sleeping. I was trying to lead a major fundraising effort, and I was stressed out. Cortisol was up. Happy hormones were down. I was not sleeping. I went to my sleep professional. uh, Full and open disclosure, I have a sleep disorder, like almost one-third of the people my age do, called apnea. Mine is obstructive sleep apnea. So I went to the gentleman that diagnosed me and said, you either need surgery or you need to use... Uh, a uh, breathing apparatus called a CPAP, or you're probably going to die prematurely. I said, I don't want to die prematurely. I'll take the, you know, I'll take the uh, the air machine, the ventilator, the CPAP. But anyway, that sleep professional said, Dave, let me prescribe the tiniest prescription Ambien that I can. You cut it in half, put it under your tongue before you go to bed, and see if that helps you get the restorative sleep you need. So I, the naturalist, said sleep is so important to mimic Morpheus that I say, go find a sleep professional to find out what it takes to get restored to sleep. And I must acknowledge someday, I'm going to try to find the right wonderful lady to write a book with, because I can only describe what I read about what ladies go through, uh, from childbearing on through, uh, post-menopause, their sleep is much different than ours, of course, Mars and Venus. So, um, uh, I, I can say, Uh, Yeah, uh, screen, warm bath, cold, believe it or not, a cold shower does about as good for you to relax you uh, as an Epsom salt warm bath 90 minutes before bedtime. Try not to work out too late at night because your heart rate is naturally elevated. If you're a moderate social drinker, try not to have a nightcap because it takes six hours for your body to metabolize alcohol. And if you have a nightcap, you might wake up at three in the morning and I'll tell you that... That's me, red wine. Uh, if I have it, you know, after dinner, six to seven hours later, I'm awake. It's just the way my body is, is trying to metabolize that alcohol as fuel. And it does. So uh, those things are simple yet hard. Uh, screen time, uh, make the bedroom for play, not for watching television. Uh, try to uh, one thing that uh, a wonderful author Dan Pink suggests, write down what you the top things you need to do tomorrow before you go to bed. So your mind isn't thinking about them all night. You put them on paper and they're done. I mean, the work isn't done, but you already, you don't have to, your mind doesn't have to swirl around and deal with those things, Greg. Um, So write down tomorrow's top priorities before you go to bed is is a wonderful thing. Um, But sleep is so important. Hey, Dave, how much is enough? Every individual is different. And it's not just the total time. In fact, there's some studies that say if you sleep too much, that's bad. But if you can go to bed in a habitual time, like you mentioned, Greg, and get up without an alarm, you're probably about right. And for most adults, that's about seven hours. Not exactly, but for most it is. As long as you have a good percentage of deep sleep, a good percentage of REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, when you dream and when you, your brain re-energizes, um, those, are, those are the important things. But yeah. um, uh, I I say... If I was king, I would have everybody, A, have somebody check their pillows and their mattresses and B, visit a sleep professional. I think that should be like a vaccine. Everybody should get it for free. It's so important. And there's so many folks that don't know the reason they can't sleep is their mattress is wrong or uh, they don't know that they have apnea or another sleep obstruction or a sleep disorder uh, or um, uh, they may need uh, a prescriptive um solution to get restorative sleep it's it's so powerful and sure. um i'm not um uh, an appliance can't i i'll call this ring an appliance there's another one uh but this is pretty good this is an aura ring and yep. uh, uh, if i can say a trade name uh o u r a ring it does a darn good job at me- uh, measuring heart rate variability which tells me whether I'm ready to work hard tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the higher the number, the two halves of our parasympathetic system, where they kind of butt heads, and the more they butt heads, the more the variability uh, between our our heart rates. And the higher the number, the more rested you are, believe it or not. Um, So um, this does a very good job at that, but it also like other appliances, uh, and there are many that you wear on your finger, on your wrist, or maybe even a bed can do it. It measures the quality of your sleep for those three things, deep sleep, REM and Delta wave, um, parts of your sleep, which are so
0: important. Yeah. And I like tracking those things. People have heard me talk about it before. Uh, I'm a big advocate of the whoop strap is what I use, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. personally. And, and, uh, people can go back and listen and know I've got a link to where you can get a discount on that. Uh, but, and, and the only reason why I like that one is I can wear it all the time. I work out in it, uh, you know, I'm in the sauna with it. I'm, you know, I'm pretty, pretty rough doing stuff like that. And so uh, it it tends to be pretty, pretty hardy, but anyway, but gives, gives the same data, heart rate variability, the amount of REM sleep, uh, you know, the amount of deep sleep. And so you can tweak some things in your regimen and see what kind of difference that they make. And, you know, that's what I like about looking at that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and that's a great product, by the way, I think it's a Boston company, isn't it? Uh, And uh, I just happened, uh, one of the nice gents that interviewed me a year and a half ago said, well, the NBA is using this ring, Uh, you might wanna check it out. Uh, And by the way, I got shingles, even though I'd had the vaccine six weeks ago, I got shingles. And uh, so just because you get a vaccine doesn't mean you won't get uh, the virus again. Uh, But you know what, I I went back and looked, my heart rate, my body temperature, things Mm -hmm. were not right for two days before, the very typical shingles rash broke out. So uh, yeah, biofeedback is, it can't do the work for you to get fit in strength, stability, stamina, stretching, but it does help you trust but verify the quality of your sleep and your readiness to work out. So there's some great products uh, yep. and um, uh, and some folks have their favorites or some pe- people with Christmas coming. Uh, unfortunately, most of them are pricey and many of them are now subscription model based, mm. but hey, your health is pretty important. uh i i heard a study recently when people were dying from covid uh, and i don't know if this is totally scientific uh the average american is worth 10 million dollars and if that's true maybe it isn't but i mean it's it's a big number right Mm -hmm. Uh, education you have to feed you have to clothe you have to house you have to get them around in cars or trucks or whatever 10 million bucks yeah an appliance may be expensive but if it helps you Achieve that $10 million, it might be worth it if you take a look at the long
0: view. For sure. Okay. I'm going to skip the next chapter, which talks about eating clean, and not that that's not important. It's probably one of the most important things, but uh, the, you know that shouldn't be anything new for my listeners because we have talked a ton about nutrition and eating clean, and I harp on that all the time. And so for sake of time, uh, and you can say a little bit about that if you want to, but for sake of time, I'm going to skip to your, your last chapter, which you talk about cool down. Um, so what do you mean by cooling down?
1: Yeah, uh, part of it is celebratory, Greg, uh, and part of it is acknowledging that you just did the work or the play, whatever that was that you raised your heart rate, you push, pulled move stuff, or you were kid-like for stability, or you uh, lessened pain and increased gain with stretching, honor. Um, you know, there's a great, uh, there's a little bit in the book about, hey, you know, I wouldn't recommend starting to drink alcohol. Uh, But, you know, the 19th hole after a round of golf or uh, maybe a a glass of wine after a pickleball or or tennis match may help you be social. And we know that social is part of longevity and super aging. So the cool down is to celebrate either you did the work or you had the fun uh, and uh, and you get ready to do it again, because this is a journey of successful habits. And we should think it's cool. We shouldn't think it's a hassle so the cool down it's just to try to put it all together breathe deeply uh, and uh, of course folks know how important deep breathing is to mitigate cortisol uh, and to work in stressful situations navy seals uh, practice a lot of time breathing uh, to get their heart pressure you know snipers uh, spend a lot of time uh, working on things and i say don't be a sniper but learn how to use mindful breathing so that you get relaxed and in, a, in the flow zone. So the flow zone may be my final answer to your question about the cool down. And that is, it, you're in a wonderful place when it didn't seem like work. Hey, I did something good for me uh, because I'm active, my better half uh, thinks I sleep better, uh, I eat better, I don't eat crap, uh, and maybe I'm gonna wear out instead of rust out as Jack LaLanne has on his headstone. Isn't that cool? It's better to wear out than rust out. So the cool-down period is a celebratory period, maybe with an adult beverage, but I don't encourage people to start drinking to get fit. Uh, But we do know that generally people that, um, you know, maybe have a glass of wine or a beer maybe five nights a week tend to live longer. It might be the social aspect. It might be you do get a little boost from the red wine and the polyphenols or the resveratrol as a life enhancer, maybe, but maybe not. But, you know, um, Teetotalers, God bless you. I happen to occasionally have adult beverages. Not after I teach, by the way. I I taught last night. I got home at 11 p.m. I just went straight to bed. A nightcap (laughs) at 11 p.m. is not good uh, for staying staying asleep.
0: So that's the cool down chapter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So the book is Kaboomer, Thriving and Striving into Your 90s. Uh, your website is wellpast40.com. I know they can get the book there. I'm assuming they could also probably get the book on Amazon. And where other, uh, any other place that find books are sold, you bet. Uh,
1: okay. You know, the Barnes & Noble, Target, uh, all those chains. Uh, there's only one place that publishes uh, print uh, that I know of. That's uh, Ingram or what's now called Lightning in either Tennessee or Kentucky. So wherever you find it, it all comes from the same place if you order online. So, okay. uh, yeah. So any, any fine
0: bookstore. Very good. Uh, Well, as we wrap up, I always ask my guests if they could give us one health tip that would make us healthier today. What would you say?
1: Because we're approaching the holidays, enjoy the holidays, yet do not put on two pounds that you never take off again. Like most Americans, that's when most of the weight gain happens from Thanksgiving day through uh, the 12th night of Christmas. So enjoy the holidays, but work out more, drink more water, um, eat more celery and carrots at the uh, at the party. Now that we can have social gatherings, and do not concede those two pounds because they almost never come off. Yeah. So uh, make those New Year's resolutions stick with manageable goals, but make the holidays something that are the happiest time of the year, not the ones where you put on white fat and lose uh, your ability to do great things.
0: Very good. Uh, well, all right. Well, David Frost, appreciate it. And I appreciate you writing the book and what you do. And uh, uh, appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to FitRx. I invite you to share this with friends and family. If you would like, you can check out our website at vibrantlifedc.com. Or you can email me at drgreg at dot com.